Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 105 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Last week, I'm sorry, a couple days ago, we announced the winner of the Pentertainment Podcast Centennial Episode Celebratory Giveaway Contest on Instagram. If you don't know the results by now, make sure you check it out on the Penboy Roy Fountain Pen Review channel YouTube and check out that video. More video reviews also to come. Now, cat enemas aside, this week's episode contains a large dose of helpful pen-related content. Tom also talks about his latest pen acquisition, which was a little bit of a shocker to me as well because he talks so much smack about this brand, but he actually got a pen and we do talk about it. We also follow up with an email from our good friend Sharon about a troublesome Estabrook JR fountain pen, and I'll give you a hint. I was, as usual, and as I am always, right. We also talk about the best places to buy used pens, and we share the dedicated research of YouTuber and Ink Guy. Ask a question to be answered in a future podcast episode by emailing us at pentertainmentpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our sponsor over at goldspot.com and make sure to use coupon code ROY at checkout to score yourself extra savings on products throughout the Goldspot website with some exclusions applying. Now, don't forget to use hashtag FireTom in the order comments and you'll get a special sticker, a Pentertainment Podcast sticker. And if you already have the sticker, do it anyway, just because it's fun. And the people over there at Goldspot, they like getting these comments and reading them, cracks them up. From the cosmopolitan luxury brands of America is the latest batch of USA special inks from South Korea's Colorverse Ink. They also make Nebula notebooks, so they kind of work in tandem. The inks work well with notebooks. Dip your nib into fabulous Las Vegas, Dakota Thunder, Quahog, Blue Crab, South Beach, Delaware. Colorverse is pretty cool. They got all these names. Long Trail, Liberty Bell, Space Needle, and Country Roads of West Virginia. So it's a whole bunch of inks named after places that is in the U.S. So check those out. I think they're doing some really cool stuff. Colorverse. I like it. And I like that they're making notebooks too. That's how I log my fish stuff. Everybody should. I should get a Colorverse notebook and log my video gaming too. Right? What do you guys think? I don't know. I think it's a good idea. I just so many ideas flooding into my stupid little brain. Anyway, one of Tom's resolutions in 2022 is to get rid of every last Penboy Roy t-shirt in his home office, and you guys can help him make this happen, make this become a reality. Stop being cheap by a t-shirt at the Ink Journal website, and throw in a fat fire Tom over there too. Why not? Hey, you know what? Everywhere you go, just throw in a fire Tom. I think it's just funny. Anyway. Just want to give you guys a quick disclaimer before we get started with this week's episode. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words both from Tom and I. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. First and foremost, congratulations to JJGTME for being the winner of the Pentertainment Podcast Centennial episode Woo! celebratory giveaway contest yeah dude i'm just so stoked about how i can just roll that off the tongue i think i deserve a schweppes <laughs> sparkling water cheers my friend if you're che- wait 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 hold up hold up hold up let me get my i got my iced coffee there your, you go your cheers. jar of 
iced coffee. My my mason jar of iced coffee. Today's blend, if anybody's curious, is Rook's uh, Festive Lights, which was a limited edition or limited release blend that they did around Christmas time. And this coffee will blow your balls off. Really? Like, legit. Like, it is so, so good. Like, both me and my wife are like, we, we are now spoiled on this coffee. Really? Is it like... Yeah. Better than the time I came to the Gold Spot office and you had coffee ready for me and it just didn't do it for me? Listen, nothing is better than when you came. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. I like it. I like it a lot. See, and I'm adequately caffeinated right now to go and uh, spar with you a little bit. Yeah, I know. And I'm I'm actually (laughs) in the opposite. As I was saying to you before we started recording in the green room, my wife wakes me up at 4 a.m. in the morning Mm. to let me know that Stewie, my cat that's always getting constipated and sick, he's he's crying in in the middle of the night as as he does when he's constipated. I mean this cat this cat has cost me over like fifteen grand in medical bills so far. And I yeah, but we love him so much that it's it's just it is what it is. It's not like, oh well, you know, too bad. No, no, it's kinda like No, they're children. Yeah. hundred percent you are you you need to take care of them yeah like it's just there there's is no there's no yeah. other it's not like it's not like you know i don't know like your goldfish doesn't look like he's doing well well let's just wait it out and see what no no, no. we got to take him to the like we but i even to, think that you would go to that extent for goldfish too i probably would i'm kind of you crazy would like yeah that. but anyway so at four in the morning we had to take him to the veterinary emergency group it's an er that's overnight and they had to how do we go from congratulating JJ GTME? But anyway, they go to they go to like squirt stuff up his butt. So they take this long like rubber hose and they shove it all the way up his butt. Like I'm talking, it's like it's like an foot, it's an enema. Yeah, it's like a two foot long like rubber tube that they shove like one and eleven inches worth into his asshole. He doesn't like it. Then they fill it with like. 60 milliliters of fluid. So that for anybody who doesn't Ooh. know how much 60 milliliters of fluid is, that's about two like Monteverde standard size ink bottles. So f- two bottles of ink up his ass. Then they take another tube of about 20 milliliters of pedema. So it's like an enema to help them poop and stuff. They shove that yeah. up his ass too. Then like as soon as they finish doing that, it all squirts back out his butt. And then they put him in a litter box, and he tries again. Are you fails. watching this as it all happens? Yes, it's horrifying. Ah, uh, I can only imagine. Yeah, because he's also yelling during the whole time, and then they have to use their fingers. So yeah, because he's just taking it just in silence, be like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" They, yeah, you know? right. So yeah. then they have to use their finger. So this this human mm. finger is going up his ass all the way in, and they're scooping poop out. Oh my! So God. I mean, eventually they clear it, but that's got to be traumatizing. That has got to be. The closest thing that a creature can experience to what we associate with an alien abduction, right? Like you're just taken out of your home, brought onto like a table where these like these floating heads are just staring down at you, and then they just probe your butthole for like twenty minutes, and then they put. Well, you imagine back. being taken. Imagine just being taken to some placed by like giants that are the size of skyscrapers oh no maybe it's not skyscrapers but maybe like the size of i don't know like a uh 
like the height of a tractor trailer. So imagine like giants, the height of a tractor trailer, like a good, like solid, like 15 feet or something like that coming over and being like, no, I'm going to. How about a giant as tall as a six-story brownstone in New York City? That's a, an appropriate, right? No, is that too they just big? come? They just come. They take you. They put you in a crate. They, you know, bring you to the to a room where they stick the tube up your butt and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. and and for Stewie, from Stewie's perspective, poor Stewie, cute little baby Stewie, poor him. He's at home and he's having a heart. He not only is he constipated. Imagine you. You're constipated. You're at home, and then on top of being constipated. You get abducted by aliens, and then they start shoving something the diameter of a watermelon up your ass to make you poop it out, and then they just put you back at home, and then they give you a treat. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I went through all night. So I was up at 4 in the morning dealing with that, and yeah, that was uh, my day for today. And then I played a little bit of Paper Mario Origami King, and, <laughs> and then I and then I finished it. But apparently, with that game, there is also like a second ending where if you do every possible thing in the game, then there's like a better ending and stuff like that. And I'm I'm mm. contemplating this. The ending was sad. It was crazy. This game is unusually sad for such a chipper, colorful, cutesy game. I wasn't expecting it. You weren't but, expecting such a deep emotional response from Paper Mario. Right. But going back to the origin of this whole thing, congratulations to JJGTME <laughs> on winning the $100 gift card, the Platinum Procyon, the Colorverse ink set, and the Nebula notebook. So here's what happened. JJ and, uh, 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 and the Penboy Roy shirt. Oh, well, of course, the extra large size Penboy Roy Fountain Pen Review Channel T-shirt. So that video was fun to make. I hope everybody got a chance to watch it, even though you didn't win. Don't be bitter. Just go watch it and don't be a hater. <laughs> yeah, you just spoiled it for yourself. It's like, oh, you don't need to watch the video now. No, it was a fun. It was a fun video. And I, when you were telling me like, oh, I'm gonna do a video for this, I'm gonna be like, yeah, this is gonna be like that, like kind of like a lame announcement type of video. But like, I enjoyed it for the fact that. Like you took not only myself and then you had your thing and you had the the suit shirt on, which I thought was pretty funny. And then like and then like Bryce was at the Philadelphia Penn show doing his thing too, like talking about like, oh, here's what you'll get. And so, so I, I just love the fact that everybody was involved in it and that I, you took such a yeah. cool angle to it. Well, did you expect any less from from content made by yours truly come on man come on you gotta get uh, I, I, I am sorry for ever doubting you right how dare you how dare you how dare you but so it was a lot of fun to do i enjoyed making it because it yes getting everybody involved and doing stuff like that is really fun let me tell you about i listen i let me tell you about bryce i love bryce to death and i think it's just hilarious how him and Brian Holser are like one in the same in that it is impossible for them to follow instructions. It's like, listen, <laughs> this is going to be a video. Like, go ahead and introduce yourself from the Philadelphia Pen Show. And this is going to be a video on YouTube. So the aspect ratio is going to be 16 by 9. So morning, what I mean – what I, what I, oops, I actually threw it on just now. What I mean is it's <laughs> going to be – you know, it's going to be – how do I, you know what I mean? It's gonna a certain be, a certain aspect ratio. Yes, it's gotta so be, basically, this, hold, is, this is how the format's gonna come up. Yeah. So hold your phone sideways and do it. So he's like, "Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, no problem." He does it, and it's not sideways. So I'm like, "All right, 
So go ahead and do try that again. And this time don't fuck it up. Hold your phone sideways <laughs> so that way the video is sideways. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. He does it, corrects it. It's sideways. And I'm like, okay, great. Now that it's sideways, you know, I need some B-roll. I, I want you to just film some of the stuff, the giveaway stuff, the stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the notebooks, the inks and pens and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was key, yeah. Yeah, so then he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Sends it to me. It's vertical. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> I may not have mentioned this. Remember so. remember when we talked about it first? <laughs> we wanted you to do this in the landscape version. Yeah. Remember a long time ago when I asked you to film it sideways? <laughs> you remember like a long that. time ago, like five minutes previously? <laughs> yeah. So then an hour goes by. He finally gets it done and sends it to me. I'm like, all right, great. Cool, man. Excellent. And then I, what I did was I just stitched separate parts, like parts of yours intertwined with some of his stuff. Because I thought it was mm -hmm. funny. And it yeah. was, too. I really did think it was funny because, especially the whole get fired stuff. Man, you are, yes. you, the whole get fired stuff, it, it was, you are great at rambling. Totally great. I, <laughs> you sent me like a 25 minute long video. I only needed like a minute, but it was great, though. Gave I gave you, I gave from. you a film review of Encanto in there as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. I'm and like, I somehow, and I somehow miraculously tied it into, talking about like what what the video was about somehow i don't know it just was like i was just like yeah i'm gonna start doing a film review on in kanto and it's just and you like cut all that stuff out <laughs> yeah you know what it is it's just i think that it was a little bit this is a short yeah. form video so i think i was a little yes. bit much but i did enjoy the whole review on Encanto, and i think it was really <laughs> sweet how you had on your macbook just videos of me and pictures of me in the background Right, right, iMac right. Pro. Yeah, that's what I had. Right. Yeah. So for everybody listening who doesn't know, if you haven't seen the announcement video, I stitched together and I made it look like his screen was just showing pictures and videos of me, when in actuality his screen had, what, Audacity playing in the background? Yeah, I mean, I, you could see, like, the waveforms coming up on Audacity, and I just had, like, you know, my, my browser up on behind that. So. Yeah. And then I stitched in videos of your gold spot commercial where you're loving, lovingly looking at and like passionately looking at fountain pens, but then I just cut my picture into it. So it makes it look like, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> yes. I thought that, I thought that was great. And then there was, that a, was an amazing piece of editing. Yeah. And then Bryce's was good too. Bryce, Bryce did a good job. Bryce has got a good personality and stuff. Mm -hmm. He didn't call me yeah, he's out. he's not all looks. He's he, not all looks. Yeah, he didn't call me out for calling him human version of Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> I thought he would, but he totally didn't. But anyway, congratulations, JJGTME, for winning. I'm really happy that you won, and selecting winners sucks. It really does. Uh, well, I mean, I was impressed by I saw, like, your Instagram stories. And with or no, 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 it wasn't the Instagram stories. It was the video. So the video showed his a sample of his handwriting. Yeah. With like a quote from the podcast. Right. But then there was like a shot of all of the ones that he did. Yeah. Like all in like a group together. I yeah. was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Just seeing them all. Yeah. You know, kind it of was like out on, on each other. Yeah. So he writes it down on a piece of small piece of paper and then he puts them all in one shot. I mean, that's a really that's flattering for me mm -hmm. and, and us on the podcast that somebody does that. And it's not just my quotes, it's our quotes and stuff like that. You know, it's things that you yeah. say as well. So, yeah. 
I kind of feel a certain level of honor if I could come away with the quote of the week mm-hmm. on on a po- on each week's podcast. I'm like, yes, yeah, I yeah, that. I know, I know. <laughs> it's great because it's it's always awesome when somebody acknowledges the dumb shit that comes out of my face. Yes, right. So it's it's always a nice feeling. I'm working on a pen that I've been using very frequently these days. This pet bad boy right here. You're a big fan. Oh yeah. The Waldman uh, manager. I love the Waldman manager working on the review for this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've decided on trying to try, trying to try, trying to take, blah, blah, blah. Trying yes. a different take on an editing style when it comes to video okay. making. So I'm doing a little bit more jump cuts like I used to when I first started, but not as neurotically. Do you remember my uh-huh. jump cuts when I first started? It was like every word was like a cut and it made uh, the video like super fast. I'm not doing that. I'm going to well, do it. Well, I, th- I think you did. You did a fair amount of them in the in the congratulations video. Like yes. I saw there's a, a good amount of them, but I think that they were they they didn't make it seem too jittery or too quick right that like just was snappy enough right yeah. adds a little edge i'm gonna do that from now on because i like the the kind of snappiness but not neuroticness like i remember my like i remember a twisby review i did a long time ago i think it was a twisby i can't remember it was a metal twisby precision mm-hmm. that was like that was the closest thing to me being on crack Crack figuratively, and, yeah, figuratively. Crack and Adderall and coffee, all at once. Somebody even, you know, people would even say like, "Whoa, dude, slow it down." So, you know, I did. I just scripted everything out, but I feel like it's not as fun as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So, doing the jump cuts makes it fun because you can just talk and you can cut stuff out. You can cut and paste. And I find that more fun than scripting everything out because if I script everything out and write it out and read off a teleprompter, then I can't make spontaneous decisions. All the decisions are already made for me before I start recording the review. I want to be able to make spontaneous decisions about things I'm going to say, and that's where jokes come in. That's where little quips and insults and making fun of shit comes in. So (laughs) That's where the gold is. Yeah, that's where all the gold is. Improvisational gold. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I want to, I want to, Want to play around with it a little bit more? Yeah. Did you hear about since we're review since we're both reviewers? Did you hear about? I wish I could find it. There was this reviewer on YouTube. I forgot his name, but he purchased a digital copy of a video game on Nintendo Switch. It was called Popeye. Okay. Now. Okay. Popeye just stinks ass on this game. In this game, it's terrible, absolutely horrible. And what ends up happening is there's this, like I said, this reviewer buys the game, reviews it, tells people it's a terrible game, tells people why it's a terrible game, and publishes the review on YouTube. Oh, is it John Riggs? Because it says Popeye for Switch Team threatened to sue me yes so i'm guessing that's where we're going yes (laughs) yes i was just thinking that how insane like what kind of bullshit is that right how Mm. terribly terrible like 
I love my English. I'm just so out of it today because I'm just so tired from all this like cat stuff that I dealt with. But what a piece of shit, right? Now, what is what is with? Uh, I mean, like Popeye is just like one I, of those. I don't know why it is that, that pop what, everything what, what Popeye is going on. I don't know. Everything Popeye seems to suck nowadays. Like the Popeye pen, the Popeye video game. Yeah, it sucks. But let's let's just let's just tread carefully though, because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you never. I don't. Well, I don't want Bluto coming after me and uh, you know right so, me up here. Listen, so this. This this poor guy. What was the guy named? The reviewer's name. What was his name? John Riggs. John Riggs reviews this shitty game and says, "All right, the game sucks." Says why? Fair enough. Explains why. Reviews it. He bought the fucking game. He should be able to say whatever he wants, right? So then, the company that made the game, they're now trying to sue this reviewer for saying the game sucks. So, I actually went and I looked at the game on the switch you know the e-shop and i'm looking at it and i'm like this fucking game looks like it sucks some serious ass the graphics are absolutely terrible like the graphics are bad for i don't know like, like 1995 right they're bad for 1995 like like there's a boat in the middle of the ocean but the ocean is just one flat blue and the boat is just like one color. It looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. And I just want – part of me now is like now I want to review this game just to jump on the bandwagon. If they're going to threaten to sue this guy for making a bad review on a fucking shitty game, then they're going to have to sue everyone. They're going to have to come after me. I feel like doing it. I feel like doing it. I don't it's know how like to It's like a Spartacus games. moment. Uh, that's with Kurt, Kurt Douglas, right? Where they were like, "Who is Spartacus?" And then I was like, uh, "It's like, yeah, well, they all raised their hands, like I am Spartacus." It's like a, you know, the the group of people are, yeah, that all was like, you know, that's an that that way you can't movie. you can't like penalize one person. You have to like, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's what you're saying. That's why I'm, I'm just that's my analogy for it. Yeah, so. what was the guy's name again? Joe Riggs. Uh, John Riggs. J John with John, two G's. John Riggs. Yeah. I looked that up quicker than you could actually think of what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so the but yeah, review, I mean, that's, the as, a, as a reviewer, like I think that you, you know, being that you, if you have a, oh, well, I, I think also this would, if you're threatening to sue somebody over a review, I actually think that comes under consumer protection act, a, a consumer protection issue of like you're not supposed to stifle or suppress bad honest reviews of things that's yeah, like right? a, that's a that's something that you'll get in trouble for over the fcc for like if you if you're suppressing um you know dissenting opinions yeah you can't do that like this people's freedom of speech to say i don't like this because of xyz like you know but i don't know i've not watched the video i've not watched his review he could say some pretty mean slanderous stuff about the company company and i, I mean like that would then kind of change the the context of things but mm -hmm. you know if it was just a review it should really not be something you would get sued over you know yeah absolutely not and the whoever this company is i was watching rgt 85 he's a youtube reviewer also who was talking about it and i was watching it earlier in the day and i didn't take any notes but whoever the gaming company is 
stop making games. Find something else to do because to go after a reviewer because you made a game that sucks and threatened to sue them, that is just the lowest form of integrity and character when it comes to anything. That disgusts me. That And the company makes other games, like stupid games, like something called Piano, where it's just like one octave of a piano and then you just press the keys and you play games, I guess. I don't know. It's it's. I would never buy any of their games and they look terrible, but mm-hmm. unbelievable, man. Terrible. They must appeal to somebody. The the but like but like the the, the Popeye enthusiast must be very disenchanted or or uh, like this the level of quality of things that get Popeye's name uh, slapped yeah. on it. Just not not good. Not a good track record. Estabrook Popeye that we've lampooned oh, several times goodness. on the podcast yeah episode many many episodes before probably in the, the the first stages of the the podcast yeah uh you know we had some fun with that but um yeah estabrook has grown way past the whole popeye era thing but um but the, but popeye coming back in a video game form and it's and it's a lackluster you know terrible game yeah that's it's like what are they doing with poor popeye man yeah i know you know what's really sad (laughs) though let's talk about bad reviews for popeye stuff right not for nothing do you know what kenro did when i was shit all over the popeye pen what would they do no here's what they did they did nothing they called me up and they (laughs) laughed about it they're like, hey, listen, some people will like it, even though it's not the greatest pen. Some people will love who just really love Popeye will buy the pen, put it on their shelf, and you know, it's for those people. It's not really for the fountain pen enthusiasts, but it it's it'll appeal to somebody. And they were good sports about it. As a matter of fact, they said that ever since that review, sales of the Popeye pen ended up going up because people were so curious about how bad it could possibly be that they bought it. I wouldn't do that. They're like, oh, well, it, it, I guess it will work us at some degree. Yeah. So <laughs> that's better than I was expecting. Did you see the screenshots for this Popeye game? Uh, I was like kind of mousing over the thumbnails to mm-hmm. get like a little bit of a preview. And yeah, like I see the graphics are just, they just look terrible. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't look good for like PlayStation 1 level games. It's just terrible, no. you know? So, you know, I want to talk about I, – I didn't actually buy the game, so I can't say the game sucks, but I'm looking at it, and it looks like it really sucks. I'm a gamer, and I can tell you, yeah, that doesn't look good. And I hope these f- fucking jerks think that they can go ahead and try to sue because I'm saying this shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's insanity. The fact that they're going to go around and say, hey, I'm going to sue you for your that, – that's insane. That's absolutely insane. That That's just disgusting human behavior. But I'm looking at these. It's like, did they make this game in like 20 minutes or something? Like, poor Popeye. <laughs> Whoever, who created Popeye must be like, why are they doing this? Like, between Esterbrook and this game company, what did I do so wrong to deserve this? Yeah, it's it's like it's like you have characters like in the Marvel universe getting major motion pictures and you have even even like Tom and Jerry, they got their own 
you know, recent movie. It was a live action movie. We watched it with the kids and everything. And, oh, is that the one know? with Chloe Grace Moretz from Kick Ass? No, probably. The... They were like in the hotel. Yeah, they were, like the hotel thing. Yeah. So, but, uh, but that's what I'm saying is that even even like little, you know, like like every every everything that you could possibly get nostalgic about gets like its own return and you know gets like a motion picture or something out of it and poor popeye man yeah like there's no no love for popeye well you know what maybe they're trying to extend the trend for shitty products revolving around popeye so they're like hey let's make a game in in under 30 seconds maybe that's what it was right yeah so. Maybe it's like maybe it's a person who whoever owns the license for Popeye is just willing to just give it to anybody that's interested in using the brand for something. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like oh god, there's no interest in Popeye right now. So just do whatever yeah. you want with it. Make a crappy game. Develop a terrible fountain pen and just slap <laughs> Popeye on there. I don't care. Have you know make a line of canned spinach that's got botulism in it. Like you know whatever so, whatever there, you need to there's, do. There's an actual fucking idea. Why not make a Popeye line of spinach. Is it? Is there not that already in the Popeye spinach? Let's see. You know what's really upsetting is I really wish I can get. My oh yeah, pop- there's Allen's. Allen's a uh, Popeye spinach. Let, this? let me yeah. look that up. How do you spell that? Let's see. Popeye spinach. Yeah. So if you go to popeyespinach.com, not sponsored by the podcast. Or not sponsors of the podcast, by the way. No. But if you go to PopeyeSpinach.com, okay. you'll be able to find Alan's Popeye Spinach in both chopped, regular, and low-salt versions. Oh, I see. Look at that. Alan's Popeye Spinach. I like it. It's packed Ke- uh, Keto-friendly, right? Oh, absolutely. This is, good, this is good cruciferous vegetable spinach, absolutely, right? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I always lots I like of, Lots of – you've got iron. You've got a lot of vitamins, like what, A and – B, C, D, F. Antioxidants, I'm sure. Antioxidants, yeah. Insoluble fibers. Green stuff. What's up with his forearms? What, the kid on the website? No, no, not the kid. Like Popeye. Popeye. Like, he has no biceps, no triceps, no... But just massive forearms. Just massive forearms. Now... You you and you're anticipating where I'm going to go with this, aren't you? He got, but I'm he's a sailor. He but got I'm really just going lonely. to say that I'm not inventing anything new here because I think Family Guy has has gone over the Popeye thing a couple of times in the in the run of the show. So I can't I can't add anything new to this. But the stuff that's already out there is gold. <laughs> oh really? Yes. Family Guy. I've seen all Family Guys. I gotta figure. I gotta find out what that was about. I want to watch it and figure out what that was about. Oh God! But yeah, it's a uh, it, yeah. I mean, the spinach, I guess, makes sense in terms of that's what made Popeye get his super strength and everything. So yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else that's got the Popeye name on it, beware. Yeah, seriously, it may not be that good. Holy shit! So do me a favor before we started recording. You were telling me that you have a pen that you want to show. Yes, I do. I just got a pen delivered by Pony Express, or I guess by maybe Popeye Express, because it did have to traverse an entire ocean to get here. We're going to have to so, start using the word Popeye as something to describe something shitty. Like, like, man, I went to a restaurant, and as they were bringing the food, they brought the food, tripped and fell, picked the food up off the floor, and served it to me. What a Popeye restaurant. 
right? <laughs> well, no, because no, because then you have pop. You know what? Popeyes, the Louisiana kitchen restaurant, is actually a good restaurant. Yet does not have any iconography or any sort of relationship to Popeye the Sailor Man, but yet uses Popeyes as a name. I wonder how so, that works. Yeah, I don't know, but like it's just it's just it's I guess it's because it doesn't. It's just like Popeye could just be a name, just like you would call like Tom's Diner. It could be like Popeye's Diner, and it could just be. It doesn't have to relate to Popeye the Sailor Man. Okay, pen. Nice. Show me your pen. So pen. So to uh, to preface this, this was actually a late night purchase spurred on from my buddy Mike, who lives in the area here and who's also into fountain pens. Comes and visits at Gold Spot every now now and then. Uh, and, uh, is your buddy Mike, uh, the one that recommended a sous vide steak with garlic? Yes. Okay. Hey Mike, if you're listening, which you're not, cause Tom told me you're not. Thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> he might, if I tell him that, uh, we, we name dropped him on the podcast. Well, listen, the sous vide has changed my steak game. And then the garlic in the sous vide has changed my steak game. Nice. Yeah. It's just like nice. a hint of flavor. So he, so me and him share what it is that we're looking for. So that in case one of us comes across said items, we alert the other person to it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that he came across on a, a fountain pen Reddit by the, the pen swap re- uh, subreddit on, uh, yeah, was a, a, a listing of Mont Blanc pens from Indonesia. So I have now a Mont Blanc 146. Beautiful. Very nice. Has got a nice stub nib. It's a factory stub nib. How do you know it's real? Oh, it's it it's real. How do you know? I I just I just feel it. I sense it. It's realness. Is the As, precious resin deep burgundy or is it actually black? It's black. Okay, so yeah, if you actually take an LED light, like you can use your camera phone to do it, and you like shut off all the lights and shine it into the cap, that cap should actually be a deep red and not black. And that's one of the proprietary elements of a precious resin fountain pen that makes it Mont Blanc. So if you have a little flashlight, shine it inside the cap so that it looks like if it's a yeah, bur- I can see the red. Yeah, so that makes it. More, I can see the red. Yeah. Okay. So you see that? That's what makes it um, a real Mont Blanc. Hold on. Well, you I'm gotta actually shine right. it into. I see it. Right. You're just blinding me because you're just shining. You're missing the cap, and you're just shining the light into my eyeballs. Yeah, I see it. Ah, there it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you see the red. Yeah, the Mumbleonco 146. So, what do you think? Give me, give me your thoughts. Uh, I am thoroughly impressed with the weight and feel of this pen. And you just disappeared. I just like picked my head up as I was looking at the pen, and you just disappeared <laughs> off the camera screen. I'm like, well, no, I where did to, he go? I went to grab my Mont Blanc pens. <laughs> so, wait and feel. What year is your pen? Because when you say wait and feel, that tells me it must be an older model because newer Mont Blanc 146s are injection molded pens. This this does not feel injection molded. Yeah, this feels uh, this feels like it's like it has a lot of like weightiness to it. Mm. Like much more than I would than than I would have expected originally. Like this this weighs more this weighs more and has more solid feel than my Sailor nineteen eleven, which is roughly just about the same size. So you might actually have a uh, an older one. You might actually I, have. An I, older I'm pen. pretty sure I do because this also has a factory stub on it. That is not yeah. It's it's it. 
it's different than you know than your than your normal models that you would see these days so um but uh but yeah it's the 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 guy that um but and I, you know what the funny thing was is to that uh, while he was pointing me in the direction of this guy who was selling several Montblancs, I was like, "All right, I I I got one." And then he was like, 15 minutes later, it's like I bought the one in the medium nib." And this is like both of us were waiting for these pens for a few weeks coming from Indonesia. That you know, but like basically in a it wasn't DHL or anything like that. It was like the cheapest postage you could possibly do. And like we were just waiting for this thing and hope hopefully hoping that it would come in a reasonable amount of time. So. This was kind of like a little surprise uh, present today. That's and, awesome. I mean, it's, How much did yeah. you pay for it, if you don't mind me asking? Can I ask? It was, of course I can it was like uh, 300 Oh, okay. That's a decent see yeah. for that. So your pen is not, I don't believe, is actually injection molded. If you're telling me it's heavy and it feels solid, yeah. then how many rotations to uncap and cap it? Let's see. One. One? Okay. So... Can you look at the threads and tell me if you can see an actual injection molding theme seam? Let's see. Or just look at the threads. Can you tell me if it was? I can see. I can see an injection mold. Line. I can see two of them on the thread. Mm, okay. On the threads. Okay. So I mean, yeah. listen. Three hundred bucks is not bad. I think based on what you're telling me with its heft and all that stuff, I think maybe you got an older pen. Good for you, man. I, I didn't mind. That's why I was look, I was looking for. I wanted so I tried out a 146 and a 149. 149 I felt was like just too big for Ginormous. me, like king of pens big. Right. Yeah. Just it just was it was too unwieldy for me. Sure. So I was like 146 piston filler, 14 karat gold nib, like sounds like a great deal. I just wanted something that was a little bit out of the ordinary in terms of nib and you can't really find that with the modern stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was grateful that he pointed me in the direction. Cause like, that's where I found, I was like, Oh, a stub. Great. Done. I was just like, that's that is something just a little bit out of the ordinary, just so I could have, I don't have just a regular fine or medium. dip. Right. Know? So just want to give you a heads up that actually, that pen actually has an unscrewable nib unit. But okay. I do not recommend you grab the nib and feed and then unscrew it that way because you might okay. just pull out the nib and feed and the fins on the feed, if it's injection molded plastic and not like ebonite, right. they bend very easily. Now, It, it, if it you, looks like injection molded plastic for the feed. Yeah, so if you look at the nib unit rim from the, the nib and feed side, you'll see that mm -hmm. there's two grooves. So basically two little notches so if you wanted to unscrew that nib unit you'd need an actual tool an actual tool to unscrew the nib unit ah, you know what i mean so like don't, a two-pronged tool yes so don't go unscrewing it like you would like an edison pen it won't if they don't want you doing that and i'm pretty sure you'll bend the fins and stuff like that so you need one of those two-pronged tools to do it yeah i wasn't planning on taking this thing apart yeah uh, it's a yeah. it's a nice looking pen. I have one myself, 146. This one is only a few years old, maybe four years old, and it's it's a nice pen. I bought this one for like 700 bucks. I don't know if it's worth that at all, right? So mm -hmm. like, meanwhile, a, a sailor that looks the same will cost three and change. That's why you buying right. that pen that you have there. I think that pen is from an era that that predates mine and is a better, well made pen than mine. Mm -hmm. But I bought mine just because. 
you know what? Why not have one? Meanwhile, you know what's crazy is this Walden manager is cheaper than my Mont Blanc 146. <laughs> but this is my Walden manager is made of solid sterling silver Stain and, and sterling silver, has yeah. a number six sized Yovo 14 karat two tone nib. And it's also a piston filler. The thing about the Waldman that drives me nuts, and this might be a point of contention for some and might not even be for others, it tarnishes because it's sterling silver. Right. So I have, in order to prevent it from tarnishing, I have to go at it with a jewelry cloth. But yeah. then a couple of weeks later, it's going to keep doing it. So I don't know. Do I just let it turn dark? Then you're kind well, of... I don't know. What do that's you think? A, that's the, yeah, that's, there's two different schools of thought on that. You have the wabi-sabi, like, the, you know, the, 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 the perfect and the imperfect. Right. You know, it's just like you have the something that ages with use and starts to show wear and kind of starts to develop character, that patina and everything. And then some people, like, I could imagine you're in the other boat where you're just like, I wanted it to look like I got it. Like, like I want it to look as neat and as beautiful as, like, when I first opened it. You know, like you're not really interested so much in like the whole aging character thing. Like you want you want it to look like that creamy right. silver, sterling silver look. Yeah. Well, listen, when I have a sterling silver flute, because as you know, I play the flute. And being that it's made of sterling silver, it will turn dark over time it tarnishes and there's nothing really much you can do about it because you can't polish all the moving parts you can't polish it all the time so and it's also kind of i guess in the flute world it's like yeah let it tarnish as a matter of fact people will buy used silver instruments and they'll buy them tarnished and then they won't clean it they'll just they like it like that mm -hmm. and i can see why for a flute with all these keys and stuff like that. Yeah, you would do that. But for a pen, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. do I want it to look like sunken treasure? Fished out <laughs> of, like, from the Uncharted video game? Did I ever mention I love that game? Anyway. Yeah. So, but with, like, for example, with another pen, like the Montegrappa Fortuna Copper Mule. Yes, let that thing patina. I want that thing to turn into a dirty penny. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. I, it, it tarnishes, but then I'll hold it, and then I'll wipe off the tarnish with my hands. I'm like, gosh... Like, why won't it stay looking like an old penny? But, and then I've even deliberately thrown it in my bag with coins and keys and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I want it to look aged, but not something as precious as sterling silver. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. Are there? I guess it also depends. It depends on, like, the style of the pen. And, you know, if, it, if it's got really nice lines, the Waldman Manager, it's got some, it's got a nice shape, nice lines that go down it. And the, the Fortuna is, is a fairly smooth right. surface. It doesn't have like any guilloche or anything on it. So you, you kind of want the pattern to emerge from there. But like the Waldman Manager, since it already has like a pattern that's defined on it and that makes it look elegant, any additional, you know, organic looking like stuff that comes on it then starts to break the pure geometry of it. You know, yeah, like just yeah. yeah. So what do you think, though? Like if you had the – do you own a Waldman manager yourself? Because I know you liked it. I, I like it a lot. I, I don't own one myself. But um, if I were to – that that would probably be a consideration when, um, you know, like when diving in on a sterling pen is that I, – yeah, I, I'm not big on the whole maintenance thing of like having to polish up my pens. Mm. 
So, so like I, you know, I, I keep good care of them. I clean them out. Like I, that's the extent of what I like to do is just, you know, making sure that the, the insides of the pen and the nib is all clean to have to also clean the outsides a little yeah, much for me. I hear you. So you would let it tarnish. You would let it turn dark and stuff, right? I would. Yeah, okay. probably. Yeah. Sometimes I need you around to help me make my decision because I'm so neurotic about things sometimes. <laughs> Well, speaking of decisions, actually, this kind of touches on a topic that one of our listeners, uh, Gloria, had written in about about used pens. Uh, so we were just talking about like buying a, a used Montblanc 146. Um, she was asking, "What are your thoughts on purchasing used pens, and what is your favorite method to purchase them?" Can we read the email? I have it up. Do you mind if I well, read yeah, it? Well, yeah, just, just uh, because you know, I want to read yeah. it just because it's the words that they're using. She, what a beautiful last name, though, isn't it? I wish I could. I, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say it out loud, but it's it's such a. Uh, I would leave it out. Yeah, but it's such <laughs> a beautiful case, yeah. last name. You know, it's almost like mm. it's almost like poetry. Anyway, mm. PBR. I love how she t- heads it. She writes PBR and oink. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria, we love you. I just purchased a used Estabrook SD because one, I cannot being myself. I think she meant bring. I cannot bring, bring myself, myself yeah. to spend over $100 for a steel nib. Two, I hate the amount of packaging that comes with a new pen and how environmentally unfriendly it tends to be. And three, I feel like I'm giving a new home to a discarded, long-forgotten pen. I have been burned before, like when I purchased an older Lamy 2000 that leaked like a, I don't know what this word is, CV? A sieve. What, yeah, what's sieve. A, what's a sieve? Steve, it's like uh, it's like a, it's like a, a, imagine a colander, like it's got holes in it, so it's just like. Psh, okay, you know. what's a colander? Okay, you cook for yourself, do you not? Yes, but I don't know what a colander is. Like, like when you rinse broccoli out, what do you rinse it out in? It's like the. Or do you just eat it raw the, from the, the store? The, do you just the, well, well, I do buy you put it in a salad spinner. No, I put no? I buy bags of broccoli that's pre-washed and cut. Oh come on. Why? Like you, you, it's like, like what about? No, no, I can't say pasta. Like you can't put you. You have no pasta. So like, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> so it's like imagine a bowl that's got a lot of holes at the bottom of it, so it drains water. That's okay. a sieve. That's a yeah. sieve. Okay, gotcha. Wow, that's a leaky Milami two thousand. Anyway, continuing with the email, I was able to spend some money to make it right, but that still sucked. But then. I had a fantastic experience when I bought a wonderful Opus 88 that is my new favorite. What are your thoughts on purchasing used pens, and what is your favorite method to purchase them? You want to answer first? Because you buy more used pens than I do. Uh, yeah, actually, um, because of the fact that I can pretty much get any new pen that I want to through my employer, Goldspot Pens, I enjoy actually dabbling in purchasing used pens because I can find things that are a little bit exotic out, you know, out of production or just they're not, you know, part of the normal run of the mill stuff that's being produced today with, of course, this notable example of a Montblanc 146 that's got a stub nib. So uh, I've also bought a number of vintage pens off of eBay. Um, This particular Montblanc was purchased off of uh, the pen swap subreddit like i mentioned and uh and i've also uh I've, I've traded pens before with other pen enthusiasts i've i've done stuff on the pen addict slack 
forum. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like uh, using Slack, but there's a pen addict one that's tied to Brad Dowdy and, you know, the pen addict podcast and things like that. So, um, so there's, there's a variety of different ways, whatever way that you can connect with the pen community, usually you could find some way to connect with somebody who's, let's say has something in their collection that they would be willing to get rid of or trade or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, and, and, and eBay has always been a constant source. You could find pretty much anything that you want to on there. And granted, everything's going to come with its price because eBay will take roughly about 15% of what you sell the pen for on there. So it's not necessarily the most seller friendly uh, venue to be able to, to like, let's say, sell a, a collectible piece off of there. But then again, you could have something, a mechanism set up where you have bidding. And instead of setting a price for what it is that you want to sell you could have people bid it up and everything so Mm -hmm. um but uh, but then also that comes with some of its protections in in regards to like a feedback system and uh and and you know ebay having certain restrictions and and like seller protection and things like that so um you know there's some more like a, a layer of security on using ebay versus like dealing with somebody directly like we did with uh the the seller on the uh, Reddit sub forum. Um, but, but in that regard though, there are some safeguards there as well, because then you have, uh, you can see how many trades that people have done on that Reddit, uh, forum. And you could see that they've done that they've posted before that they have good feedback and things like that, that, pe- that people are not like, Oh, this person's a scammer, never got my pen, whatever. Um, so you could kind of get a sense for if you do your research on the particular people that trade or, or sell a lot, that they're legit and that you'll be getting something legit from them. Uh, so that's, that would be, you know, that, that would be a safe way to kind of do it is just making sure that you do your research and know who you're dealing with before, because there are people who scam out there, of course, um, even they're, they're on eBay too. So just be careful wherever it is that you're uh, shopping around for. So, um, but I don't really have a necessarily like a favorite place, but I just kind of go wherever I'm finding the things that, I'm looking for. So, you know, it's just, it's whatever, you know, if I have something in my head that I know that I want, I'm like, okay, I'll go through whatever means to go and find it through some person that is a legit seller. Fair enough. I've only bought two used, well, actually I've bought three used pens in my pen life. One was, it was a Conklin Mark Twain. It was from Mm -hmm. 1910. I bought that for like a hundred bucks on eBay from a seller. When the pen came to me, the nib literally crumbled, like the tip crumbled and broke. And I tried Uh. to get, get a new one or something. He's like, listen, I can't do anything about it. So listen, in all fairness, like he's selling a a pen that was a hundred years old, you know, over a hundred years old. I don't expect Mm -hmm. him to warranty it. It is what it is. So aside from that, I bought an Estabrook J pen. From Fountain mm-hmm. Pen Hospital, from my friend Terry at Fountain Pen Hospital. That one was like 70, 60, or 70 bucks. And no problems there. They're very reputable. They warranty their used pens and their vintage pens. So I didn't have a problem doing that. So I do trust, mm-hmm. I trust Fountain Pen Hospital because they've been around literally forever. Like 
So <laughs> I like making since fun of before too. since before fountain pens were invented, right? Were fountain pen hospital, <laughs> right? Before it was before it was feather pen hospital, right? Because they use quills <laughs> and, and, and quill and, pen hospital. And Terry was a forty year old man back in eighteen ninety eight. So yeah, I I do trust fountain pen hospital. I also one time I bought a vintage Schaefer, and the Schaefer is the one. I can't remember the the Schaefer Balance too. So it has like the white dot lifetime warranty. Uh-huh. It had a 14 karat gold nib. It still it has a 14 karat gold nib. It's like a marbleized green. I got that from Brian Anderson. And they those guys know they they know their vintage stuff too and they stand behind their stuff too, so I don't have a problem buying from them also. So if I were to buy used or if I were buying vintage or something like that, that's where I would be comfortable going to. I need to know that they it's have It's like through a, a retailer? Yeah, I need to know that they have a reputation. I need it to be someone who's savage in the industry like mm-hmm. Brian Anderson and Terry from Fountain Pen Hospital. Like guys like that, you know, businesses like that. That's where I'll buy used. I typically don't yeah. buy used. I have a Delta Journal that my friend June bought for me and nothing's wrong with it. It was a $200 pen. I think when it was being sold back when Delta was in business before it went out of business and before, hold on, (coughs) excuse me. Bless you. Corona. (laughs) So, but he bought that out of a guy's garage. There was a garage sale. Mm -hmm. And I think the guy was selling it for like a hundred bucks. So it was a good deal. And then he sent it to me as a gift. So, works for me yeah but you know that's where you could get some really great deals is is on ebay or garage sales um also like estate sales yeah when uh yeah when stuff is is if they have like a collection or they have pens in the drawer like because usually with with places that are general with like an estate sale or on ebay sometimes people will be selling things they don't really know what the value is or they're just like oh this is an old pen Maybe I'll get like 10, 15 bucks for it, do you, you know, or they, you... they could be selling a Parker vacuumatic that's easily worth like 150, 200 bucks. But the thing is, is you run the risk of it not having the filling systems not working, especially with those older vintage pens. Sometimes the sacks need to be replaced. Sometimes the nibs are bent out of shape. But uh, and I have been burned before, but like I know that I'm taking like a risk when I buy some of these things on eBay where it's just like, oh, man, it's so cheap. They took one picture of it. But like it's, but like it looks like it could be good. Sure. And I, maybe I'll take a, I'll just take a chance on it because the price is so good. And I've, I've, I've hit, I've missed, and the times that I missed, I know who to send it to, and I've sent it to uh, Aaron Zvabic of um, Antique Pens, or no, oh, Pentiques, Pentiques.com. Right. And um, yeah, so so I've sent it to him to restore filling systems or to fix up things, and it's worked out you know, well before, I mean, you end up spending more money on the pen purchase, but sometimes that does work out. If you take the original purchase price of the pen, the amount of money that you have to put into restoring it or to fix the filling mechanism, and then being able to turn it back around and say, Oh, well, if I don't want it, I actually could get more out of it than what I've invested into it. Okay, cool. Fair enough. I like it. So really quick. I want to also just so you're actually talking about used pens, and for some reason, my stupid brain just immediately turned towards vintage. And she wasn't actually talking about vintage, but for some reason, that's what used feels to me. It's like vintage. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, honestly, where to buy like modern used pens. And I don't, I, I can't even speak on that because if, if there's going to be a pen that's newer, like for example, an Esterbrook or something like that, I, I don't know if I would buy it used because it's too new for like, for me, it's too new to be used. Right. For example, well, it's, it, it comes down to like, if, if you want to just get the experience without having to take the full brunt of the purchase price. Well, no, here's my, this is going to sound stupid, but just hear me out. Okay. 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 Did you ever go to GameStop like <laughs> a week after a brand new game came out and then that brand new game is already used? That indicates to me that that new game that just came out has already been traded in because it sucked. You know what I'm saying? So I I see a lot of people in the pen community, though. A lot of people do what's called catch and release, where they they they, where they had a sense of like, let's say, FOMO about buying, you know, about like this particular new release and their finger hits the buy button before that like that like sense of like oh do i really need this is it going to fit my collection whatever you know am i going to actually like this but like they just immediately went to that like i need to have it and then they get it they look at it and they're like you know not exactly for me and instead of returning it back to the company or if let's say they bought it overseas they really you know it's going to be very inconvenient to do that okay. they end up just doing a catch and release where they're just like oh you know brand new in box basically brand new in box it's only been inked once. It's perfectly fine. I just didn't like it. Here it is. Like that's I see a lot of that happening. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that makes sense. One yeah, more. Yeah, even even my friend my friend Scott was like uh, he he bought a uh, uh, Leonardo in the Momento Zero. It was the Vesuvio primary mm-hmm. manipulation, and he was like he he bought the Stromboli too, and he was like you know. I've been using the Stromboli the whole entire time since I bought it, and I think I'm just gonna catch and release the Vesuvio, even though like it it was caught months ago. Uh-huh. It, he hadn't really used it that much since then because he was using the the the, the other one. Gotcha. Uh, so so he was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna get rid of it, you know. Yeah. Trade it, trade it for something else. So. Yeah. Fair enough. One other seller that I like to go to if I'm buying vintage, I mean, not necessarily used, but vintage is a person that I trust very much is Linda Kennedy at IndiePendance.com. So it's Indie-Pen-Dance.com. So yeah, they're very reliable. She's a master at nibmeistering. She actually trained- A master meister. Master meister. She trained directly under Richard Binder. And she also sells modified number six sized 14 karat Yovo nibs made to be full flex. I think those are great nibs. I have you, you and I both use them. They're they're pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. That thing is sweet. So here's the thing though, when she modifies the nib, she also modifies the feed. When I sent you one of her nibs, I didn't send you the feed. So you should have you should have been able. I wish you had been able to try it with the feed because you wouldn't have put a different feed on it. You would have been like, wow, this is amazing as it is. You know what I mean? Well, that's I ended up getting the flexible nib factory ebonite feed. Yes, for it, yes. Which I think improved uh, its flow because it would it would eventually hard start and I would have to flood the feed yeah just to get it going again so that hard starting and that happening wasn't because of the feed that she put on it the feed that she put on it i accidentally rinsed it down the drain so i had to that's and that was the that's why i sent it to you without a feed (laughs) oh my god yeah i know it's so i'm so dumb sometimes but let's um real quick i want to move on to another 
email that we got, and it was a question that I I actually liked that I actually liked, as opposed to the ones that I did not like. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying, I mean, I I like all the questions I actually liked, but hold on a second. I'm getting distracted because people are sending me text messages and. Oh no! Yeah, so some of it's not good news. And I just well, while to... you're looking at that, um, could I just mention about Sharon's follow follow up to Sharon's discussion we had last week about uh, talk about the shims and the and the Estabrook JR pen? Uh, I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but yeah, go for it. Well, the, with, with your suggestions of sticking the shim, the brass shims into the JR's nib to to open it up, and that actually did the trick for her. Oh, wow! Hey, remember you. Oh. You didn't read that one? Oh, is it the one where she's talking about how incredibly right I am? Yes. Oh, yes, it no, is. No, I didn't and read that. that. I, was, I was dead wrong <laughs> and that you were completely 100% right. Oh, interesting. I, I'm just surprised. But why would – oh, should we read it? Should we read it? I mean, maybe we should read it, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe you should take a victory lap on this. Okay, let's read it. <laughs> okay, let's just read the important part. Right? The important part? Mm -hmm. Yes. The important part was success! Exclamation mark. I used three shims. Yesterday, I inked up the JR and wrote a full A5 sheet nonstop, capped the pen, and let it sit overnight. In the past, after letting it sit overnight, it was no joy writing the next day without priming the feed. Today, I wrote another full A5 sheet, no hard starts, no priming, no hard stops. Wrote nice and juicy, and I like it more than I ever thought I would. Uh, hold on. Caps. The next statement is in caps. Thank you. End caps. For taking my question seriously, for your collective pen wisdom, for blatantly honest podcasting with an edgy flair, and for making each week more fun as I listen to each episode while crunching insanely complex spreadsheets for my clients or taking my morning walks. But maybe hashtag fire Tom after all. It was Roy's, underlined Roy's, brass shim solution yes. that worked. So, yeah, I knew it wasn't the converter. <laughs> you know, I, I just I just had a very strong feeling based on what she was telling because this happens a lot with the Ovo nibs. They're just over tight. So thank you for that, mm -hmm. Sharon. I appreciate the email. Just read it. Totally wasn't expecting to read it over the air. I just totally didn't read it, and I didn't know anything about it until right now. <laughs> <laughs> you must you must like uh i, I want to say like sporadically or uh you know maybe just like subconsciously open and read emails because i sometimes i'll look at the pentertainment uh inbox and like all the emails are read and then i go and i'm like oh well i didn't read that one i guess you must have opened it because we both shared the inbox so i have and then and then, I, and then have... I bring these things up to you and you're like you're like i don't know about that one well, like <laughs> you must have read it well no because <laughs> i can't stand when the app has that little red icon with a number on it you know what i mean like unread so sometimes i don't have time to read them but i'll open them up and just mark them all red because i can't stand having that on let the me app. let me suggest something for you really quick god you can go into your app settings right yeah you could go into notification preferences mm -hmm. and you could change it so that it does not give you the red number badge no but i do the app I symbol do need the number badge to pop up so i know that i got a message but then but, i'll but, i'll keep in mind oh there was there was unopened emails i'll read it later but then i just forget but i don't want it to not <laughs> be there so that's how stupid i am but let me read this next one because oh this is God. a 
Yes. This is a question. This is from our this is from friend of the Pentatainment podcast, Susan. Yeah, she is on IG at S S U S A N C A R R on IG. And she has a question for us. The question reads What was the last ink slash ink brand that made you go, wow? Question mark. I'm a little infatuated with dominant industry inks since last month's ink flight. Periwinkle Blue and Winterwood inked up currently. Pearl Sunset is just waiting for the right rotation. They acted very well behaved, even on interior paper, a.k.a. my $6 notebook from Arts and Crafts Stores, Michaels. Have a great week, Susan. Okay, so, and then she also mentioned that her stuff, anything she writes to us, we can read over the air because, you know, Sometimes I, I read emails. I'm like, I don't know if I should read this out loud. Maybe they want privacy. I don't know. But thank you for the permission. So <laughs> yes, the last you. ink that I really like is Visconti Green. And I like Visconti Green because it's not actually just like a flat green, but it's almost like a green with a hint of turquoise, but has a red sheen. And I love that. How about you? Yes. Um, You know, there's just, there's just so many inks. So, so very many inks. And I was... I was excitedly rushing to ask Mike. I was like, what ink should I ink this Mont Blanc up? And he's like, you're asking me that? <laughs> Being that like I'm the ink guy. And he's like, you're asking me that? I'm really, he's like, I'm really boring when it comes to inks. He told me, he's like, he's like, Con Pecky was his thing. Like, he's just like, Con Pecky, you know, he throws it into pretty much anything. Uh, though, like, I, I would have to say, I'm just looking at like the past ink flights I've gone through. I, you know, there's there's just a lot of different. Co- I I'm really into like dual shading inks right now at the moment. I'm 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 a fan of like a lot of sailor inks that do that. Uh, particularly like let's say the the sailor man Yohaha or the Nadashiko. Uh, Sakura is like a like a pink one that's got like uh, tones of like salmon and and like a little bit of some gold like a yellow in it i really like the ones that are they're a little bit undersaturated they're lighter but they have that extra dimension of like a whole other color that's kind of lurking in the letter forms mm-hmm. i think it's really cool mm, okay cool and it's not as like it's not as smeary because like sometimes like with the sheen inks the sheen could like take on a whole entire different complexion where you can have like a blue that also sheens like purple or like you're saying the green that has the sheening red but i noticed with a lot of sheen uh sheen super sheen inks is that you have to tend you have to fend off with like the dry times are longer and it also could be smeary even when it does dry like you could if your hand has like any slight bit of moisture you're you know getting ink all over your hand so um yeah, like the Sailor Manual stuff is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, Sailor's got a new collection of inks that are coming out that are pretty much all uh, look like some very like light saturated dual shading inks. So uh-huh. uh, it seems that that trend is continuing onward um, this year. So there's going to be a lot of like, bless you, like Thank Troublemaker you. Milky Ocean is another one that's really good or Abalone is another one that's uh, that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's, there's a... There's just so many good ones out there nowadays. Mm. So, cool. Yeah, cool. Well, listen. Right before we have to sign off, I just want to read a quick email from Adam. Did you see this one from Adam in regard to the Platinum Three Seven Seven Six? Oh yeah, yeah, years? yeah. We definitely have to mention that because yeah. we talked about the 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 two year uh, uh, cap test right. for the. Yeah. Go for it. Talk oh, about you want it. me to read it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 
So uh, Adam, who is uh, an ink guy on YouTube, so he's like, I, I just finished episode 103. Can I say you could have Googled does the Platinum 3776 last two years, but I will save you the trouble. And then he puts a link to his YouTube video of which he actually performs the experiment that we were talking about in detail in the podcast. He did it two and a half years in the making. I watched the whole thing because I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I was hoping somebody did. And he did do it. So he, so awesome kudos to him. And, and so, uh, you know, it's just, it was amazing just to see that the pens started right up, even though they were capped, not being used for long stretches of time. He did six months, year, 18 months, two years, and then two and a half years. And that, and just, it would just start up right away. Wow. Amazing to see that. That's um, but cool. I was curious and I wrote back and I was like, I was like, you know, it would kind of be fun to see if you could use a control in this experiment and go with, let's say, a different pen, maybe maybe a couple of different pens, ones that have the inner cap seal, like let's say a Sailor 1911 actually has an inner cap seal, or an Estabrook SD, which has the spring-loaded cap seal, and compare that and do the experiment with that, and also maybe just throw in you know some other random pen that does not have the inner cap sleeve just to see you know how much far above and beyond does the platinum you know act versus those other types of pens right so so his his response to that was like hello tom i'll be more than happy to do that so where are these four sailor 1911 or estabrook sd pens <laughs> coming from to run this two-year test <sighs> no he's like no i don't want the pens sent to me but i thought just thought i'd throw that back at at you right there mm-hmm. so um but yeah but I would, I would just be curious to see how it how the platinum does stack up against the other brands and if and if the other brands are you know let's say missing out on that particular selling point of their pens like maybe they do last Mm -hmm. two years like as maybe a sailor does do that and we just don't know it because they never they never mentioned it you know like it's not a feature that they decide to tout as part of their product you know catalog i guess yeah i don't know yeah so all right well let's i mean listen not for nothing though if you really do want to see the results of what would happen with a Sailor 1911 or Esther I think, I think we should really make that happen. I don't you wish you. It's, a, it's an experiment, two years in the making. Are you gonna Are you gonna be able to sit on a pen for two years and just have it inked and just? Stay I absolutely there? cannot. I'm just saying maybe an ink guy could, and maybe maybe we know somebody who is, I don't know close with a retailer that could get him those pens you know somebody that could send him pens possibly <laughs> know, maybe. you know what i mean i mean listen he could do that and the the video he makes could be he could throw out a mention to gold spot pens you know maybe we could do that i don't know it's not my call it's not my business but i'm just saying i would need i would i have conditions for a video like this so okay. like if he starts the video he wants to do results of six months 12 months 18 months and two years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you got to take a picture with a newspaper and the date, right? Cause some of these before and afters that you see all over the internet, and I'm not saying this guy, Adam is doing this and he is full of shit. Like these other people are, but there's some full of shit people out there that'll be like, Hey, listen, this is like a, a fat burning drink that I have. And what they'll do is they'll just light the place. They'll push their stomach out as far as they can 
they'll mm-hmm. you know it makes them look unflattering and then like five seconds later they'll just flex and then change the lighting and they're like look at the results that i got and it's bullshit right yeah so like you'd have to take a picture with newspapers and stuff like that and or based on his his he could use his beard as a <laughs> date guide, right? Like so growing could, the beard right, along with right. It. <laughs> so just like shave off all the beard, take a picture with the pen, and then six months from now, don't touch the beard, just let it grow, and then take a picture with the pen and the beard, and then you could be like, oh yeah, so they, there's no way you could have faked the growth of a beard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway. That's what I'm. I'm just joking around, but I think that's a good idea. But it's a good plan. Yeah, good plan. I think yeah, we should we should do that. And listen, I can't do that experiment using the beard because I could take a picture with like day one, and then take a picture day sixty, and then day six month, and it'll just look the same. You won't know a difference because I'm incapable of growing that kind of facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, but listen, it's uh, it's a little bit over time. So before we sign off, thank you guys for the emails. Write in your questions. We'll read them. Write in your emails. We'll read them, and then we'll interact with you guys that way. I think it's a great idea that Tom came up with, and I really want to continue doing it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay in